Hi, I'm Shona. And I'm Craig. And this is London by Lockdown, a travel podcast about falling in love with the new city in strange times, remaining curious and open, enjoying everyday discoveries and making it work. This week we're on location. In our kitchen. Welcome to episode three of London by Lockdown. Food. So how would a travel show normally do this? Well, I think they'd start with strolling through a local farmer's market, looking at fresh produce. Then I imagine they'd taste test a quintessential local dish. The most quintessential London dish I can think of is eel pie and mash. And I'd never heard of that before, but there was a shop up the road from where we used to live in Leytonstone. I went to have a peek at its menu to see if there were any vegetarian-friendly options. And how'd we go? Uh, they sold about three things. <laughs> All of them involved eel or some so some derivative of eel or meat, I think. So, no. No, didn't get to right. try it, but it looked awesome, if that's your thing. From there, they'd probably jump into introducing us to a local character or two. At the Dolster Markets, uh-huh. I did see someone cooking barbecue using a blowtorch and a supermarket trolley as the grill. That's the best use of a supermarket trolley I could think of. Then the next thing they'd probably do is give you some homestyle cooking and maybe something for those of us on a budget. One of my favourite parts of London is the old school cafes. The food's really simple. It's things like soup or eggs on toast, but they're really friendly places. They're really comfortable as somewhere that you can kind of go and hang out and kill some time. And then they'd visit a local farm. I think what the farmers would also probably tell you is that at least half of the UK's food is imported, which is obviously pretty topical with everything that's happening with the food system at the moment. So with all that in mind, we can't do that. So we're going to have to take another tack. We've been thinking over this one and we've pulled together two segments One is what is that and what do you do with it? And two is the world famous London by Lockdown cook-off. Since lockdown, we've been getting weekly local veggie boxes delivered. The UK Land Workers Alliance has been talking about how small farmers have lost buyers because local markets, cafes and restaurants have closed. At the same time as food banks are having problems and we're seeing empty supermarket shelves, some farmers are throwing food away. So we were just thinking that like maybe buying the box can help a bit somewhere just in a tiny way yeah if you haven't heard of a veggie box before it's pretty simple normally have an option of ordering like small medium or large we order from a market and then local farmers send what they have and then the markets fill and deliver it to our house week in week out we're not sure what will be in our box we've been doing some deep investigative research and some fine dining this is what we came up with what What is is that that? and And what what do you do do with with it? it I typed in weird green cauliflower. <laughs> you typed in weird green cauliflower. It is an edible flower from the Brussels sprout family. If a mathematician, a cauliflower and a Brussels sprout had a love child. With like fractal flowers. I guess it does look like a cauliflower when you see it next to other cauliflowers. Because it's got apparently an even nuttier flavour. I can't taste too much difference to cauliflower. No, neither can I. It's about the size of a toddler's head maybe a baby's head okay yeah, so it's about head. the size of a baby's head yeah. it's white if you turn it upside down it's got these tentacly things kind of t- just tucked under it how i remember of it is you know that song she's a mania, mania, mania. <laughs> i've just boiled it 
Great British chefs have a whole thing. Oh, it's apparently an underrated vegetable with a nutty celery-like flavour. Didn't they say that the other one was nutty as well? The only people who are underrating it are these chefs. This celeriac mash is within this. Celeriac bloody <laughs> lobby has been out and about paying all manner of people to say that it's good. I thought it was a turnip. <laughs> I thought it was a turnip. But <laughs> it seems to be a pattern of behaviour that I think most thing, most unidentified vegetables are turnips. In my defence, one of the things that I thought was a turnip did turn out was to be a turnip. Was a turnip, okay, yeah. Now this last one is less, what is that? And more, what do you do with it? I just don't like parsnip. I think as a kid, I had parsnip growing up. I think it was boiled. That could be the boiled. problem. This is more a public service announcement. If you don't like parsnip, try slow roasting it. We tried this the other day and, you know, I've got to say, for someone who doesn't like parsnip, it was pretty good. So it's Craig approved. <laughs> Next up we have the world famous London by Lockdown cook-off. World renowned. So how this works is that we each find two recipes, cook them up and vote on the best one. It's a very scientifically rigorous process. Yeah, and independent, obviously, because contestants and judges are the same people. I'm making vegetarian scotch eggs and a vindaloo. And I'm making cheese scones and the very controversial jollof rice. Hmm, jollof rice sounds very, very tasty. What is that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Craig. It was on the menu of an Afro-Caribbean restaurant in our old neighbourhood that I wanted to try with you. Obviously, that hasn't happened yet. It's a spicy, tomato-y, West African rice dish. I picked that one because Londoners come from so many different backgrounds and cultures, which is a really cool part of the city. But I have heard that there is controversy, possibly because you said it was controversial <laughs> just earlier. Apparently Jamie Oliver and Tesco have both got embroiled in jollof rice controversies. <laughs> what? What'd they do? Uh, well, the gist of it is, I think they were trying to fancy it up with a whole heap of stuff that does not belong in jollof rice, has never belonged in jollof rice, and people, people got quite up in arms around it. I think the word appropriation was bandied around uh, more than once. So here's our secret recording of the independent vegetarian judges' deliberations. First they take on the vindaloo, then they assess the cheese scones, jollof rice, and the vegetarian scotch eggs. Oh, that smells amazing. Now, the paste, we didn't have the chilli, so we put in paprika. The paste also needed ground-up coriander and ground-up cumin. Mm -hmm. and we don't have any cumin, but we have garam masala. So I threw in some garam masala, and we were supposed to have the cilantro leaves. I've just done basil leaves on top. There was no ghee or anything in it, so it'll taste a little bit different. Maybe not as rich as a normal vindaloo. And I guess it was a recipe for sweet potato, but we used pumpkin. It has a... A lot of love, attention, and a slight tweak of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that smells good. I may have overcooked them. I don't think that's possible. They're perfect. They're a bit crunchy on the outside and soft and crumbly on the inside. That's how my nan used to make scones. We are You've got scone making people. You come from a long line of bakers. This is a keeper, you reckon? <laughs> These are good. This is jollof rice, but it's controversial because we didn't have the plantain. This would have been amazing with plantain. In saying that, it's been difficult to get relatively regular ingredients like capsicum. We had to wait, what was it? We had to wait three days for capsicum. Mmm, pretty yummy. So it just takes like lentils with breadcrumbs on the outside and an egg in the middle. <laughs> we may be missing something without the mince. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff 
that you need meat with. Yeah. Vegetarian versions are just like, yeah. We did this for the cook-off, but it's like, I wouldn't, I would not bother. So it's alright, but it's a lot of work for not much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Effectively a small bowl of lentils with an mm. egg and some fried stuff. Using the same rigour and independence of a Eurovision song contest, the votes for the world-famous London by Lockdown cook-off are in. The suspense is killing me. Number one, the clear winner by a length, the Vindaloo. Red Dwarf served as well. Number two, by a nose, was cheese scones, keeping up the good scone family name. Number three was jollof rice. It could have finished, it should have finished, let's be honest, let's say it how it is. It should have finished much higher, but it needed the plantain. And quite frankly, it was ridiculous that I tried to make that without the plantain. Yeah, flying dangerously close to the Tesco and Jamie Oliver controversy there. Yeah, we need to keep, yeah, keep clear of that. So number four, plucky to the last, the vegetarian scotch eggs. They're okay, seem to be a lot of work for what they are, and they probably needed meat. So a boiled egg wrapped in lentils was less tasty than you would have thought. <laughs> it seemed to take about six hours. And it wasn't as... So, so the show... Well, well, that's it for today's episode. I oh, no. Say. <laughs> that, that show was a little bit more work than anticipated. Oh, so much more work. Uh, but we do hope you enjoyed the show. And this is London by Lockdown. And we hope that you'll join us on our next adventure. The music in this piece by Kestra, Unregistered Master Builder and Scott Holmes. London by Lockdown's world-famous cook-off music and sound effects from zapsplat.com. Links to all recipes and UK Land Workers Alliance available in show notes. 